come. Walk down the winding path. Don't mind the spooks and monsters. They stay hidden within the trees. There are mysteries in this world that you need to know, and paranormal truths that need to be told. Come, step up into the caravan, where we share tales of old, as well as new accounts about things you thought only existed in your nightmares. Special shout out to our patrons Jose, Frater Mutata in Lumine, Victoria, Donna, Kadrick, and Rachel. Thank you. We love you. Hi, Travis. Hi. Our listeners are familiar with you because we've had you on here before. And mm-hmm. now that Lady Anne has been out and we've all explored together, we wanted to have you back to talk about what happened on our last hunt, which was at Fairfield County Infirmary mm-hmm. in Lancaster, Ohio, which uh, that was my second <laughs> time there with you. And it was mm-hmm. definitively different than the first yeah. time. Yeah, it was. Yeah. But why do you both think that is? <laughs> i don't know i'm not Mm -hmm. i'm not as uh well versed in all of this as uh travis but it just from the moment we got there it felt different i am partly wondering did you notice the money everywhere the dollar bills and the change on the floor in certain rooms i'm wondering if sometimes the people that were there before us if they did some sort of ritual or something, if that wouldn't affect what we're walking into to begin with. Well, what I can tell you is, and I haven't been able to get a solid answer yet because the owner of the building has been extremely busy uh, Mm -hmm. because remember he owns that building and Madison. Yeah. So I've only been able to talk to him a few sentences here and there over the last week. But from what I gather, there is a ex-inmate there, an ex-resident, we'll say, mm-hmm. that I guess he would basically make jokes with other people there. He would he would pull practical jokes or he would do like magic tricks. Basically, he was the he was the class clown essentially, and he would do that, and people would give him like change or dollar bills or whatever. And he would go at the end of every month and he would buy like ice cream for everybody in the building, that kind of stuff. So from what I gather, that's actually like, it was a good thing that they were doing. Like it wasn't, um, and I know you weren't saying it was negative, but it wasn't like a ritual thing. It was more because this rumor is circulating. They wanted to see if it was true. They wanted to see if they put money everywhere, if it would, you know, solicit that type of activity, I guess. Did it work? Uh, we didn't get that far. From what I understand, yes and no. They noticed that the night they did it, that they were getting, you know, I guess more activity, if you want to say it that way. But as far as like a, a permanent thing or a change, like for us, for instance, mm-hmm. I don't believe it had anything to do with us. Okay. So why do you think it was so different? 
a couple a couple of personal reasons that that we won't discuss on air for oh, sure. Okay. But I think the idea that I came up with with Lady Anne and I, and we had you know Eric there as as our as our eyes and ears, you know that type of thing. Mm-hmm. I think our I think our experiment worked as an example, and I think. I think there's a few things in that building that's getting sick of the attention. I mm. think there's some stuff there that's not thrilled about how many people have been coming in there. Right. So they're just kind of hiding out. If I had to guess, not really hiding out, but essentially, I mean, I wouldn't say it was a dark night. If you, if you know, I, I wouldn't right. say it was a, an evil night or whatever. But yeah. we did have more dark than usual. Mm. you know I, i've been there i've been there four times you've been there twice uh-huh. that's not a, that's enough not enough to definitively say what the building's like or anything but compared right. to all of my other trips it was a little darker it was a little bit more aggressive mm. um there was definitely a lot more visual stuff going on people seeing stuff yeah um so yeah i mean it was different there's no doubt about that it definitely was different i mean everybody even eric who as as you know doesn't feel anything Mm. He was he he was off all week like us. I only saw I, I actually only saw one thing the entire night and then the odd issue with that ball that looked like the world that kept appearing. But um yeah. it seemed at first like a lighter night to me than the first time that we went. And maybe it's just because the first time we went um, I guess it wasn't so dark, but it just seemed more active at first because we had little one. Yeah. And then I got no sense of her this last time. I don't know. It was the week following, like you just mentioned, was the difference, the big difference for me because that has not happened to me before. And that everybody, well, not everybody, but most people in the group, over half of us had a variety of things happening for the following week. That were not awesome. Yeah. No. So now, now, <laughs> I was worried that that was going to happen. That's why I told you guys. Are you sure that you, you know, mm-hmm. you want to kick the hornet's nest? Proverbially, proverbially, you know what I'm trying to say. I yeah. Can't speak English, Tony. Yep. Got it. Like, you know, because you know, yeah. you and Lady Ian both have kids. You know, mm-hmm. um, Courtney as well. Mm-hmm. I was a little nervous. Okay. I, I don't think an entity followed us home per se, yeah. but I think I think that the energy I, I refer to it as a stain. You both have heard mm-hmm. me say that. Mm-hmm. But I think we just brought home the feng shui. Yep. Makes sense. It does. That's I mean that's that's what I feel because I mean Eric doesn't feel anything. He really doesn't. I mean every once in a while he'll get a chill or you know, the the stereotypical stuff. But as far as actual sensitivity, he's never had anything like that. And I mean like I said, like I've said to both of you numerous times, Madison Seminary makes that place look like Kittyland, and yeah. he's investigated. He's investigated mm-hmm. Madison over eighty times with me, mm-hmm. and he still never had anything come home with him. And he was having, you know, he wasn't having nightmares or anything, um, but he he definitely was having an off week. Yeah, and it was about I would say it was Wednesday night. I think it was Wednesday night when I was talking to him. He said that he, he at first he wrote it off as just you know it was just a bad week. But then he started kind of like random thoughts would pop into his head and it would make him think of Fairfield. Yeah. Which, which oh, wow. I would put two and two together, you know? Mm-hmm. 
Wow. But yeah, it was definitely intense. It was it was more intense in certain ways than I was prepared for, even mm-hmm. me personally. Yeah. But we kind of knew that going into it, you know, with Lady Anne and I both being sensitive, I, I had a feeling that mixing us two together like that was going to cause something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was interesting. Well, once she calmed down and quit messing around and goofing off, the... <laughs> yeah, I believe I believe it was yeah, both of you there. goofing off in the beginning, <laughs> Heather. Heather's trying to pretend Heather's trying to pretend like she wasn't a bad influence, but she was. <laughs> I don't know. We were having fun and um Yeah, you were. Yeah. <laughs> But I also, one thing that Lady Anne did immediately was go off by herself. And I warned her before she did it. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) sure enough, what was it? The first 10 minutes, the first 10 minutes you were in the building, you had something profound. So so here's what happened, right? We're in there and everybody's talking. (laughs) And then I heard that somebody was off getting a tour. Somebody wanted some kind of a tour or something. Mm-hmm. So I knew somebody else was kind of already out into the building. And then you guys were occupied. I think you were actually outside, Heather. And then Travis, I don't think you were in the building. You might have been. But Aaron, I was in the building. I was answering I was answering some I was answering some questions that some of our other people had. Right. Okay. So you were occupied. Eric mm-hmm. was in the little hangout area. <laughs> and I said to him. Can can we go if we want to go? <laughs> wow! Like, yeah, you're gonna blame Eric for this. <laughs> wow! I was gonna say, I was gonna say, I'm gonna tell Eric. <laughs> it's being recorded now. It's out there. She can't even deny it now. <laughs> I'm just saying that I wanted to ask permission that we weren't like, because I, I didn't know if we were waiting for everybody to meander together. Or if we could like go scoop it out by ourselves, and and so I thought that you know it's fine to just go, and there's two other people meandering around, so okay. So mm-hmm. I slipped away very quietly, mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, the other people that were touring. I stayed back enough to where I couldn't hear the information. Right. I didn't want the information yet. So I did run, I did run into them and then they ended up going up the stairs. This is from the basement. So now I was on a floor completely by myself. Well, I had the flashlight and I found music. And so I'm humming along to it, you know, learning how to hum it. And everything feels okay. And I'm sitting there going, oh, this is just a, a regular old building, like all the Masonic buildings that my dad and I used to have the postcard shows in. So whatever, humming along, looking around, feels okay. Humming made me feel better. <laughs> there were some hallways I was like, eh, I don't think I really want to go down this one. So it was when I turned around to go up the stairs from the basement that I mean I legitimately felt like a hand and fingers were on the back of my head and like moved my hair I I ran up the stairs 
<laughs> it was such like it was such a weird reaction because it was just like oh my god you know then you just run and and then I because I'm such a private person I'm a very shy person unless I really get to know you then I'm loud and obnoxious but I didn't know everybody there yet for me to just run up the stairs and then run into where all of you are and everyone's staring at me which is another thing I really I cannot do crowds so Uh everyone's staring at me and then I'm just sitting there and I don't even want to say verbally that anything happened because I was so embarrassed you were completely white like there was no denying something happened and you sit down (laughs) and no one is gonna (laughs) we were all there to investigate (laughs) what were we gonna say oh that didn't happen (laughs) You yeah. know, right, <laughs> right, true. Uh, I mean, uh, I've never encountered anything like this before. I've never gone on anything like this, and I've never really hung out in person with a group of of like minded individuals. And so it was all just so so new. And um, and then and then, <laughs> literally, I'm sitting there going, maybe it was just my scarf. <laughs> I was wearing a scarf. Maybe it was my scarf. And and what are the chances of something happening again? Zero. Like, no way. So what well, do I do? You went again. You left. Alone. Again. I slipped off alone again. <laughs> yeah. See, when you slipped off the first time, I was outside uh, looking at the headstones because there's a small cemetery outside. Hmm. And then at some point I was helping Courtney try to locate something that went missing. But when I came in and you were gone, I knew you weren't outside. And I see Travis there and I'm like, where is she? And he's like, I don't know. And I'm like, you don't know. (laughs) And all he said was, I warned her. I'm like, all right. And then just a few minutes later in you come, white as a ghost, literally. Like, hmm. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> did anything happen the second time you slipped off uh no the second time I slipped off I did not go to the basement I decided that the basement was something that I needed somebody else with me mm-hmm. so this time I went around on the main floor and I may have went upstairs mm-hmm. yeah I think I think I did I think that's what I did and uh, the lights were on so it wasn't right. a big deal Right. Or at least that's what I was feeling. Like, oh, it's no big deal. And <laughs> I'll just go upstairs. Lights are on, whatever, you know. And because mm-hmm. everybody was talking and stuff. And I just figured, right. I'll scoop it out real quick while everybody's preoccupied. And nothing really, nothing really happened. There was definitely directions that I felt um, like, okay, I'll leave that area alone. Mm-hmm. And, and one of those areas, one of the areas that I didn't walk down by myself was the mirror room. Mm. Not, so it was after the second time that you went by yourself and you and Travis went off because yeah. Travis, you took her up and then pointed to the attic and said that it shouldn't be opened quite yet or something like that. Yeah. Um, stereotypically. Mm-hmm. And once again, not an expert. It's just what's worked for my team. 
if door if doors are shut, especially in an area that we know is active, mm-hmm. we try not to go open the door or go into that area until we're ready to investigate. So like, yeah. you know, like Lady Anne's talking about right now, how everybody was talking. Uh-huh. Everybody was still very jazzed up about being there. You yeah. know, we had just got done eating, you know, that long drive, everything. Mm-hmm. So I just didn't want to pop the cork, I call it. Yeah. I don't want to pop the cork and none of us be there to capture anything or to experience anything. That was the right. main reason. Plus, as you guys found out later in the night, the attic is the dark spot. Right. It's interesting because it, it was after you took her around that she came to me and said something about the attic and you, the door was closed. And right. you had said to wait. And then I said, we should just go open it. Because uh, <laughs> you're, you're innocent, Heather. You don't ever yeah. do anything like that. <laughs> anyway, so we headed up the stairs and the door was open. Which, which according to everybody, nobody had been up there. Right. That was interesting. So we were up there looking around. The door was open. And I remember coming downstairs because you guys found us. And um, saying something to you about it, everybody denied having opened it. And then later, when I went up, not only was it open, there was a cement block keeping it open that was holding the door yep. open, which was crazy. Which, it wasn't. which yeah, it, it doesn't mean that it's paranormal, but no. we had a pretty trustworthy group with us. I mean, everybody's right. pretty close. And if people aren't close, there's other people they're close with. Right. So it's like... It, I'm not saying people don't lie because everybody lies, but at the same time, everybody was adamant that, I mean, I know me and Eric have been there more than you guys, and we had yeah. never even seen a cinder block up there. Right. Right. And that's so, the yeah, thing is that when Lady Anne and I went up, I don't recall a block being in front of the door. The door was just open. No. Yep. So then when I got up there the the second time and I saw that that block was there, one, it just seemed unnecessary. But two, then it definitely wasn't getting shut again, I guess, is the other thing, unless you wanted to, I mean, the blocks aren't that heavy, but still, it wasn't going to accidentally shut on its own. So that, I thought, was really interesting. One thing that we haven't done yet, really, of course, I haven't let you do this for me, and Lady Anne's was the same way, that we haven't really let anybody tell us the history of that building, because we wanted to just Um, get some vibes, you know, feel it out, and see. So what do you know about that building? Well, let me let me preface this with, for everybody that listens to this, I do not know everything about the place. Okay. Two things that are confirmed for sure. First, first the building. So the building was built in the early 1800s. I think it's like 1820 or 1830. It's in that range. Mm-hmm. And it was used as a poor farm, which mm-hmm. for those that don't know what that is, basically back in the day, if you were unfit to own property, if you were a woman, because women weren't allowed to own property, mm-hmm. um, if you were mentally unstable, mentally handicapped, uh, if you were criminally insane, anything like that, mm-hmm. they they had asylums, but at the same time they didn't. So what they did is is they would build these poor farms, and they would actually have farm property. They would have crops, everything, and it would be like a self sustaining little town. Okay. And the the residents would have to work the farm in order to get their meals and and their beds and all that kind of stuff. That's how the bu- building originated. As the building went on, more and more 
um, orphans were put in there. Um, the attic is actually where the orphans lived. And then towards the end of the building's life, we'll say, there was a lot more criminally insane. Um, we're talking violent people, sex offenders, things like that. And they were mixed with these women and children. That jail cell that's on the third floor, there's actually a picture of, based on the picture, it looks almost like 20 people, I, I'd say close to 20, in that jail cell at the same time. Oh. And, I mean, we're talking little kids that are just having a bad day and throwing temper tantrums to a guy that just stabbed another guy, oh. um, all being in that room together at the same time. Oh. Um, the second thing is th- the building is referred to as the black spot. The reason they call it the black spot is the reason the building was finally shut down was, number one, due to funding. And number two, the longest running superintendent, uh, basically the last, I think, 30 years of the building's operation, the superintendent was a very violent man. Mm-hmm. And the neighbors actually went to the town, to the actual like local government, and complained because the superintendent would take people outside and beat them. Mm. Um and that that is confirmed. That's actually in the newspaper. Right. Um, the other the other thing is is that cemetery's got I'd say a dozen or so headstones. Yeah. It's confirmed due to impact radar, which is a radar that reads down through the earth. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah. confirmed that there's close to two thousand bodies up there. Oh. It it is the wow. entire hillside. Actually, wow. as a matter of fact, part of the parking lot actually is suspected to have some bodies. Oh my um, goodness, wow. Yeah, so that's why there's that really big monument that says in honor of our dead. That was actually put in after the building was shut down. Wow. Then the other thing, paranormally, there is confirmed in the newspaper, a woman, the because the attic was the orphanage, one of the residents, you know, good behavior residents, so to speak, she would take care of, of the kids. And up in that attic on the opposite end from where you go down the stairs, on the opposite end, the, the end where you guys find the little meat grinder. Right. They had they had like stoves and stuff up there. Well, it's confirmed. Oh. No, Nobody knows if it was a suicide or not, but it's confirmed that this woman's clothes caught on fire and she burned to death up there. There are wow. certain spots of the attic, mm-hmm. um, especially in those little closets. Mm-hmm. If you open the doors, you can actually see the charred timber. I've never opened yeah, those doors. So, I thought they were locked. No, they're yeah. they're not. Oh. Yeah, that's confirmed. Um, it's confirmed the superintendent beat people. Um, it's also confirmed that a couple of people died um, shortly after they were seen being beaten outside. So, you know, <sighs> don't have to be a detective to kind of figure that out. Right. And then it's also confirmed that um, the local police department at the time, which would have been a sheriff's office because it was out in the middle of nowhere, uh, the local sheriffs would go out there pretty much on a daily basis due to violence, people getting stabbed or, you know, things like that. So it's it's one of those places where it started as one thing and then ended as another. Yeah. Right. So that I think that's what makes the place so active. And I think that's why, if you guys remember when we were investigating, I kept saying layers Mm-hmm. Because it feels it feels oh. like one thing happens and it feels this way, but then something else happens and it doesn't fit. And that's why I think it happens that way. Mm-hmm. So that's that's really the only real history that I know. Right. Just because that's actually out for the public. Yeah. There was one thing that was said 
the buses that are sitting outside have nothing to do with the infirmary, but I thought she said that they were from American Horror Story and that they had those uh, brought up here for for display or or whatever so that they wouldn't get scrapped or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. that's that's the rumor. Yes. From uh, American Horror Story uh, Freak Show. Oh, okay. So, so oh, wow. it, was, it was the season. Okay. It was the season with all the carnival stuff with Twisty the Clown, the killer oh. clown guy. Oh, see, I wouldn't yeah. have watched it anyway if that was it. This killer yeah, clown. That's, it, it, it's a really good show. It's worth watching. Okay. It's good to know. So, you two came up with an idea. No, ex- not us two. Him. Ex- yeah, it was. <laughs> It was me. I had I had All been right. doing weeks of research, weeks of research prior to it. You came up with an experiment then. <laughs> can you explain this experiment? In depth, no, but I can tell you I can tell you what the goal was. Let's put the it that way. The goal was to go to the mirror room and freak everybody out, right? <laughs> no, actually. Um it it didn't <laughs> it didn't it didn't start as the mirror room um the the initial goal for the experiment was because she because lady Anne is sensitive and i'm confirmed on tape to be sensitive it was one of those things where it was like okay two sensitives together you know her and i are relatively close for the short amount of time we've known each other we're both comfortable around each other so it was kind of like one of those old school let's sit across from each other hold hands and just think about specific things. Mm-hmm. Then the one idea that Lady Anne had was to go to the mirror room. <laughs> the mirrors, mirrors obviously are believed to be portals, right. um, especially if you have mirrors facing each other. Right. Well, in the mirror room, and and I did confirm that it wasn't intentional. Um, all of those mirrors were throughout the building, and because uh-huh. they're planning on redoing the building, they wanted to get the mirrors off the wall and put them somewhere safe. It just turned out to all be in the same room because the mirrors all face each other. And because, you know, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to know that it, it just has a weird vibe in there. Mm-hmm. We figured that we figured that that might intensify the experiment to begin with because they're mirrors, you know, right. believe in what you want to believe in, have your, have your faith in what you want to have your faith in. But that that's, it's not like every day you're going to walk into a room with 30 or 40 mirrors. Right. So when we went in there, you know, I, I told Lady Anne, let's just think, you know, instead of pushing energy out and visualizing energy going outwards, let's visualize pulling things in, like okay. like drawing things into the room, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, at first, it, it was fine. You know, there was nothing really of note. But then um, I was on edge because you know how protective I am. So I didn't keep I didn't keep my eyes closed the whole time. I was I was kind of trying to pay attention to what was around us, mm-hmm. especially with it being Lady Anne's first time, me being protective. You know how I am. So anyway, I looked at Eric and like like I've said a couple times so far, Eric doesn't get feelings. You know, Eric's a tangible guy. He's got to see it to believe it. Eric looked Eric looked at me and the look that was on his face, you know, it it, it told a story. So. I kind of instantly realized, okay, even if this isn't working the way that, you know, we're trying to make it work, something is happening. So let's see if we can go a little further. Right. So 
I didn't tell Lady Anne. I, I let her keep doing what she was doing because it was obviously working. I started visualizing specific areas of the building, picturing things that we have had happen, you know, for instance, little one. And I continuously thought those thoughts. Mm-hmm. It, it got intense to where Eric said that it felt like a pulse. Like when you get a bad migraine, for those of us that have had really bad headaches, right. it's almost like you can feel your pulse in your ears. Oh, yeah. He said that it was like that, but he could hear a thumping. Mm. And he didn't say anything at first because he thought it was in his head. Like he thought he was hearing his pulse. But then he noticed that it had a rhythm and that it was coming from outside of the room. Ah. Um, Lady Ann and I, Lady Ann and I didn't hear that. Mm-hmm. But then we decided that to take a quick break. One of our, I think it was one of our batteries. I think our mel meter had died. We're like, let's take a two minute break, go down and, and fix this battery, kind of recenter our cheese, so to speak, you know, make sure that we're all mm-hmm. actually doing okay. Yeah. And then Lady Anne was like, okay, well, I want to do the Estes method, which is when you use the spirit box with headphones, you know that. Yeah. When, when she was doing the Estes method, that's when the building took a turn. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think it was because she was doing the Estes method. Mm-hmm. I think it was more or less what we had already done. Mm-hmm. And now and now there's a way for things to communicate. Right. All I know without going into too much personal detail, because I think it's more of a personal experience than it is tangible. Mm-hmm. All of us, including Eric, felt something in the doorway, in that hallway. And what we felt and reacted to was not friendly. Right. Which is unusual in that building. Like there are things in that building that are definitely dark, but there's nothing in there that's going to quote unquote scare you, so to speak. This was different. This felt genuinely aggressive. So without rambling that the goal of it was to just try and intensify everything, which I think it worked. Right. Now, while you guys were doing that, the rest of us were upstairs in the attic also doing the Estes method, which that's whenever I saw the cinder block or the cinder block up at the door. That was the time we went up and the cinder block was there. And that was interesting because I didn't realize that, of course, we didn't know what all you guys were doing, just that you were trying mm-hmm. something. And so now I wonder, because every once in a while there was a voice that would come over the, I mean, there were voices that were coming through the spirit box, but there Every once in a while, I would hear one that sounded distant. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering now if part of that isn't almost like a hearing a little bit of what was happening from a distance somehow. I wouldn't be surprised. What were you visualizing? Are you up for saying what you were visualizing this whole time, Lady Anne, during the experiment? Maybe? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I- I'm not sure exactly how to explain it, but... There were different images within my mind of different beings. They each had their own look, feeling, size, all of it. So what I envisioned to pull something to us was, you know, there's a lot of visualization and like Reiki and different things that talk about energetic cords or kind of like, if you will, almost like um tentacles that come out of your aura type of a a deal. I envisioned those 
stretching out one to each different entity within the building, wrapping around it and pulling it to us in the hallway and in the room. That that was my my visualization. And, and to be honest, I think that there's a couple that it's hard to remember at all, but I, I know that I at first I started pulling things way too close to me. And then I was like, wait, no, <laughs> not right here with me out here. Yeah. And then um, it, it did get really intense because I constantly felt like something was standing behind me, like it was going to touch my back or something. I felt like something was blocking the door. I still felt that when we came back, it wasn't as intense. But when we came back, it was like a little bit better. And then when I did the Estes method, it was very just like, bam, I am here. I'm in your face. And we had started out chairs facing each other. Mm-hmm. And I ended up, I didn't want to be near the door. I didn't want to be, I was doing the Estes method. My eyes were closed. I had the headphones on. But my right side was exposed to the door. And I just, I didn't feel like, I didn't like that. And so what I ended up doing is I actually got out of the chair. I kept my eyes closed and everything. I got out of the chair and kneeled on the floor next to Travis. So he was blocking the right side. So it was him between me and the door because (laughs) I felt so just, I mean, the presence was strong. I think that is what was around our card reading that we did with the Ouija board. Mm. Interesting. Now, did you see anything, Lady Anne, like physically see anything that night? Any shadow figures or anything? Okay, so I want to tell you no. Okay, I mean, it's one of those things where it is hard to tell because when you're looking into a dark hallway with doorways, Sometimes, and it only happened in one area, I thought there was maybe an outline of a head shoulder. But the mind can play tricks, and when your eyes are adjusting with the light and the dark, it can do weird things. On top of it, I do have astigmatism, and I didn't have my glasses. Mm. So I cannot say. Right. I cannot say. Right. How about you, Travis? Did you see any shadow figures that night? Shadow figures, no. I did see the outline of what Courtney saw, which was she claimed she saw you go into a room, but you weren't even on that floor with us. Right. I did see something your height with hair. The other thing that I saw was whatever it was that was standing in the doorway. It was causing Lady Anne to kind of get uncomfortable and use me as a shield. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I did see something. I wouldn't say a shadow, but it mm-hmm. was, there was definitely something there. Um, and you know what? No, I I lie. I did see a shadow figure up in the attic when we got bum rushed. Mm. You know, right. when Eric and I went into cop cop mode. Right. Yeah that was legit. Like I thought that was a real person and that person was going to the hospital. Like, I mean that, that genuinely like the stuff that I, I've been trained to do at work. Mm. It was, I mean, it was autopilot. Like, yeah, it, 
genuinely freaked me out, especially with all you, all you girls and stuff sitting there in the middle of the floor. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I got so defensive and angry that mm-hmm. somebody would, you know, have the nerve to do that. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Nice. That's why you guys were laughing at me and Eric, because Eric, I'm telling you, if that would have been a real person, man, they were, they were screwed. <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah. Yeah. The yeah. attic really had some people extremely uncomfortable for sure. Shelly was not okay. She went up there once in the beginning with the Estes method. And then the second time at the end, which is when all of that happened that you're talking about, she was ready mm-hmm. to not be there. Um, mm-hmm. She said she definitely, she didn't even want to go up there. Yeah. I, I had to, I had to calm her and the girls down. I, I yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, they it, were definitely freaked out. It didn't help that when I heard them at the top of the steps, I hit the floor. And made a noise. Yeah, Heather, thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but jokes, jokes, jokes aside, the attic yeah. is, you know, they in in the ghost hunting, paranormal investigating world, mm-hmm. they they call certain areas of buildings that they refer to it as the heart of the haunting. Mm-hmm. And what it basically is is the epicenter. It, it's where it's the most. It's the strongest. It's where everything kind of comes out from. Right. I don't think the attic is necessarily that, but I think the attic is becoming that. Mm-hmm. Because you know, there's been a few TV shows that that have been there. You know, Destination Fear with Dakota Laden and his mm-hmm. team. You know, they everybody that has investigated that building, the attic is where people have their dark, sad. I guess, oppressive feelings. So I think all of us investigators that have been in there, all of us people that have been in the building, I think we're kind of projecting that the attic is bad. Right. And I think it's starting to kind of gain traction. Right. Yeah. The first time that we went, um, Corey was able to go with us and he didn't, he just went and, you know, felt around upstairs, well, all over by himself for a little bit. But then when he got finished with the building and came out to talk to you. And I think he said that you asked him what he thought. And then he said, what's in the attic. That's the one, one place for sure that he could tell there was something and he didn't like it. Cause whenever well, he went up there as a group later, he sat on those steps that go up to that little watchtower thing. Yeah. Because he said he wanted to be like a barrier between the group and whatever was off to the side. Cause he said something was off to down that long where the meat grinder thing is down that long yeah. area. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, there's, I, I think that the, not to be stereotypical, but have either one of you seen the remake of house on haunted Hill? Um, I, I don't know. When was the remake out? Uh, it would have came out in early 2000s. Okay, then yes, apparently Once Upon a Time, because I remember Courtney would have had me watch it, but I don't remember anything okay. about it. Is that the one where a bunch of people like that don't know each other show up at a house? Yeah, it's when they they all get tra- they all get tricked to come to the house and stuff. Um, okay. it, it turns out to be the, the house is actually an insane asylum. The reason I bring up that movie is towards towards the end of the movie, these entities, these spirits, kind of take a form. Mm-hmm. And it's just this big gelatinous blob, like a shadow. Mm-hmm. And it's all the entities together in one big energy. Okay. That's what the attic feels like to me. Not not necessarily that demonic or dark, but it feels like every, all the sadness and just like I, like I always say, the stain. It feels mm-hmm. like all of that negative vibe is just kind of chilling up there. 
Right. That's what it feels like to me. I mean, there's definitely individual entities up there. I mean, there's no doubt about that, but it just feels the energy itself feels off up there. Right. The only place that I, because we've had stuff happen on the, on the regular floor. Of course we had a ton of stuff happen on the third floor and then the attic. And then lady Anne, her first experience was downstairs in the basement, but overall Mm -hmm. the basement has not been something that has really called to me the entire time. No, me neither. No, even, even with that makeshift morgue down there, it's, I mean, there's definitely the whole building definitely has stuff happening, I guess. Mm-hmm. But the basement of all the floors, the basement feels the calmest. Right. It's just very just level. You know, it's creepy. It, it has its, you know, the morgue itself's a little creepy. The little doctor's offices down there has its like feng shui. Mm-hmm. But the rest of the building feels much more active. Mm-hmm. I definitely yeah. agree with that. Yeah. Now, can you explain the morgue, the makeshift morgue thing for everybody? Uh, yeah, once again, not a hundred percent confirmed. Um, it's based off of history and of course, you know, rumor. The only thing that is confirmed is it was a makeshift morgue, but how they did it is the part we don't know for sure. Because it's up here in Ohio, you know, back then during the winter, they didn't have excavators and big power equipment and heavy lifters and stuff. So during the winter, the ground would be too hard to dig a grave. Mm -hmm. So confirmed, they would have to keep the bodies in the basement until the ground was soft enough to bury them. And back then you didn't have refrigerators and stuff like that. So they would store their food down there too, almost like a wine cellar, you know, underground's colder, it stays colder, that kind of thing. Right. Well, the only two places they could have stored these bodies was the same places they stored the food. Um, The other thing is, is there are two cement wash basins, old school wash basins down there. And, you know, that's where they would wash the food and stuff. Well, because of disease back then, they would have to wash the bodies, which means they also wash the bodies in the same basins. Mm. So that that aspect is true, whether or not for sure that they were stored in the exact same location as the food at the same time is the part that's not 100 percent. It would make sense. But we just know for a fact that bodies were kept down there. We also know food was kept down there. And we also know that that little makeshift doctor's office was down there. Mm-hmm. Right. But that's, yeah. So of all the places that you've been to in Ohio, where do you think Fairfield ranks as far as activity level goes? If you were to combine yeah. all the times that you've been there, because I know it, it fluctuates each time, but. Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, you know, ghost hunting is not a light switch, you know, it's right. it kind of does its own thing. And you got to hope to be there at the right time. Um, right. <sighs> If I had to actually like tangibly put it in a list, I would say it's in the top 10 for sure. Yeah. The only problem with me, you guys know this, but the listeners might not know. Um, I've investigated a lot of, and it's purposeful and it's also stupid to a certain extent, <laughs> but I purposely look for the really aggressive stuff, the the stuff where people are afraid to go into the building. People that work there won't go, won't work after dark. You know, I, I look for right. the scary stuff. I mean, that doesn't mean I haven't investigated places that aren't scary. It's just, um, Fairfield isn't as dark as I've been a part of before. Mm-hmm. As far as mm-hmm. level of activity, like tangible evidence, it's definitely in the top 10. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah. I think Fairfield has a lot of residual. Mm-hmm. 
you know, the, the footsteps and the doors, you know, opening and shutting and stuff. Right. I don't think that's necessarily an intellectual spirit. I don't think it's a, I mean, I'm not saying it isn't because, you know, I don't know for sure. Right. But it, it feels yeah. like it's like on a loop, you know, it's residual. Mm-hmm. Right. I think, I think even some of the, the shadow figures that people were seeing, I think were residual. Mm. I think that the attic and the floor below it, which we refer to as the third floor where little one is, mm-hmm. I think the attic in that floor is intelligent. Mm-hmm. I think that the, I think that the floors like the basement and stuff, I think that's residual because of the morgue and all that. I think that that's more of a residual. Right. If, right. you know, I had to, put a label on it I guess I mean I don't know but that's how I feel right in Ohio where do you think the darkest place is that you've been to (laughs) great no I'm just I'm I'm really excited actually well the thing the thing about Madison Seminary and I I won't go into a long tangent about it because I I could talk about Madison Seminary for a week Mm -hmm. um this trip that we're going on the 12th it'll be my 86th time being in that building and looking for ghosts. I, you know, Eric and I used to run the ghost hunts there for the public. Uh, we used to do tours, the flashlight tours. We'd go up there and help work on the building, go up there and just hang out. Like, you know, we, we basically lived up there for two years mm-hmm. on the weekends. Um, the thing about Madison Seminary and the reason why I keep telling you guys that in my opinion, it's the most haunted building in Ohio mm-hmm. is Madison Seminary is one of those places where it is saturated. I mean, it's, it's so intense. I've taken people up there that don't believe in ghosts, make, you know, make fun of me for doing what I do. Yeah. And I've taken them up there and they will not ghost hunt anymore. Right. I've taken seasoned people up there that have been doing this way longer than me, 20, 30, 40 years. Yeah. And they tell people that they know it's the most haunted building they've been in. Uh-huh. Um, I've taken three different psychics up there, uh, self-proclaimed psychics, mind you, but psychics nonetheless, mm-hmm. that I purposely didn't tell them anything. Now, Madison Seminary is popular. So, I mean, if you type in Madison Seminary on the internet, you're going to find some stuff, but right. the right. specific individual stuff, you know, people's experiences there, you know, I didn't tell these people and mm-hmm. it's the first and only time where I've seen a legitimate psychic event where somebody was able to pinpoint exactly what was going on the name of the individual or individuals involved it's just it's one of those it's just so intense i mean it's right anybody that doesn't believe in ghost hunting spend the night at madison seminary right 100 percent. i'd be willing to state my reputation on it so lady ann probably already purchased her ticket then on that note and (laughs) <laughs> I will. Well, we like, don't need to get well, like, going so I can get back out there by the. T- oh. oh my god. Well, well, Heather, just so you know, I did. I did tell Lady Anne if she comes up when she's hoping to come up, mm-hmm. um, we'll go back. Yeah. Oh, it won't be my only time there either. I'm sure. For yeah, oh, like, I'm, that I'm was sure. Not my you, intent, you, intention. Yeah, you and you and Courtney are gonna lose your minds. So yeah. like I like I said, I will state I will state my reputation on it. Out of eighty, this will be the eighty-sixth time. Like I said, um, Eric and I sat down and did the math and actually looked it up on his calendar because he marks everything down. This will mm-hmm. be the eighty-sixth time, like I said, and not one time have we not gotten evidence. Right. I have I have doors opening and shutting on camera. I have doors opening and shutting on camera. 
I have shadow figures and pictures in a video moving. I have um, EVPs of direct responses, like direct. Mm-hmm. Um, I have yeah. SLS, SLS video of, you know, just, you know, the SLSs pick up like basically a stick figure. Um, I have SLS video there of like three to four stick figures at a time, which is mm-hmm. unheard of. Mm-hmm. Um, I have on video, uh, you know, K2 meters are, they're kind of frowned upon because I mean, a phone can set them off. Right. But I had a group, I've never told you to this story. I'll tell you this quick story because it's, it's worth hearing. We had a group, there was 25 of us total, including me and Eric. So we had 23 guests and then Eric and I were, in, you know, in charge. We were teaching people how to ghost hunt, that kind of thing. We went to a specific wing of the building that is at the time was notorious for being the quiet part. There wasn't a lot of activity over there. Mm-hmm. And we used to hand out K2 meters to our guests so that they at least had something that they could use to quote unquote play with. You know, we bought a big right. box of K2 meters and when, and when people would come, we would just hand them out. Right. We had 10, we had 10 K2 meters, including the one that I currently have. Mm-hmm. And we have it on video. We're standing in a big circle, all 23 of us, just this big circle in this hallway. And I had this feeling of just, you know, there was something there. So I said out loud, I said, if you're here, can you light up all these K2 meters at the same time? Yeah. All of them lit up at the same time. But where it, get, where it, where it gets freaky is <laughs> a couple of our guests were actually able to say, okay, light just mine up. And theirs would light up. Okay, light up Travis's. Travis's would light up. Okay, you know, light up just those two over there, and those two would light up. This went on for almost two hours, and there's 25 eyewitnesses to this, plus video. Wow. That's, That's the quiet part of the building. That's the quiet part. <laughs> it is. That is the quiet part of the building. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be insane. It's, it's, it's yeah. Oh, it's a fun place. The good thing about these locations, Fairfield and Madison both, um, and I don't want to toot his horn too much, but Adam Kimmel, he's a fan of history. That's him and his team. His team's Resident Undead. That's the name of their team. Um, They're all fans of history, and you can tell Adam enjoys what he does, and it kind of comes through with the buildings. You know, I've been to so many buildings, including prisons, where – it's almost unsafe to even be in them. And Adam does a really good job of keeping stuff original and somewhat decaying, but keeping it alive, so to speak, if that makes sense. And I think, I think that's why, especially Madison seminary, I think that's why that place stands out because, you know, there's going to be a couple parts of the building you're going to look at and be like, okay, this is really creepy. But then there's other parts of the building you're going to look at and you're going to think that it's just mind, mind numbingly beautiful. Um, there's a wing of the building where he has original furniture and he has it set up exactly like the pictures so that it recreates what it was when it was in operation. Wow. Yeah. That's so awesome. it's, yeah, that, yeah, he, he does a really good job. He he definitely knows what he's doing. There's no doubt about that. He must frequent antique stores and such. Oh yeah. He, that. he sent Eric and I, you know, Eric has that big truck. He sent, Eric and I on so many furniture runs. I can't tell you how many antique stores we were at. I can't tell you how many. There was a guy that lived a couple blocks down that actually had chairs from the building when the building first went up for auction. Oh wow! He bought he bought the chairs. Found out Adam was Adam owned it, 
and just gave them the chairs to put back in the building. Aw. That's yeah. awesome. So that that yeah, the community up there, the, the local government's a little iffy up there. Um, but the community up there that they're you know, it, it's a fifty fifty thing like most things. You know, some people think it's a hoax, some people think it's, you know, whatever. But a lot of the residents, especially the old timers, they remember it being an operation. They remember it being referred to as the nut house and they're interested. You know, when we were running tours, a lot of the residents would show up and just, you know, they'd never been in the building, but they grew up in the area. And just some of the stories that they would tell us about seeing people in the windows and stuff like that, it, it was just, it's insane. There's a lot of history up there for sure. Oh, wow. So, okay. So I'm curious what you think would happen if 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 I was there with you. And we did the hmm. same thing there that we did at Fairfield. If I I can't for sure, obviously, but if I had to bet, I would say that it would probably mm-hmm. be tenfold. Yeah, it like I said, that place, I mean, you can just you can hear a pin drop in that place and then all of a sudden it's like an explosion. And I mean I don't know, Heather, if I've shown you the video, but I know Lady Ann's seen the video. I have video of just me in the building. It's just me. Nobody else there. No, the closest person's probably 2,000 yards away outside in the parking lot. And I was doing a final walkthrough during the day before our guests arrived to make sure nothing was out of place, to make sure everything was safe, what needed to be locked was locked, you know, that kind of stuff. And I had heard a lady scream, which is common up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've, I've had many guests here. We've all heard it. So I stopped and I pulled out my cell phone and just kind of hit record because I was trying to catch the scream. Because I was running video, I caught a door open. And then when I told it to close it, it closed it. Wow. And I this, feel like this one, I might have seen that, but it's been a while. I, I'm pretty sure it's one of my favorite pieces of evidence because it's mine. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was there alone. Yeah. You know, I I know that it's real type thing. But yeah, I'm pretty sure I've shown it to you and I'll show it to you again regardless. But that was middle of the day, which is the other thing about Madison is during the day is just as active as at night. Wow. I can't tell you how many times the cops have shown up to that building and none of us were there. Nobody was there. The building was locked. They showed up to the building because the neighbors said that there was a group of people walking around with flashlights. There was nobody in there. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's intense for sure. It's like I said, I, I could gush about it all night. I'm sorry, I've already taken up so much time talking about it, but it's it's an amazing place. No, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, we kind of roped you into it. We were. <laughs> well, that's that's true. Yeah, once you get once you get me started talking, you know, I don't stop. So that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> Makes for a good show. I love it. <laughs> so I got I got so many stories. It's not even funny. Yeah. So. You guys will have to go live for me when you are there. I want to see. I want to, you know, here's my idea too. It would be interesting to see if we could do a long distance version of what we did Mm. at Fairfield. Mm. I mean, we're going to be there for hours. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think that we should, we should definitely try it. I'm hoping before we go to have a few more pieces of equipment that I'm going to write off as a Christmas gift. 
<laughs> yeah, there might. I, I was gonna surprise you, but since you brought that up, there might be a new piece I'm getting too. Because I, I really think you know. I mean, I've gone on a handful of of ghost hunts with Travis, and uh, I mean, we investigate and stuff. But I, I've also I'm starting to learn that um, probably to do a lot of the more in depth stuff, the more equipment you need, like the more ways to record mm. things to like to monitor yeah. you know to go back and review evidence and so on you don't need it to investigate it's just if you want to review stuff later or have mm. eyes in multiple places you're either splitting yeah. up or you're getting cameras you know like that's kind yeah. of how it's got to work and from what i understand oh, yeah. madison is larger than fairfield so uh, it's, it's actually exact square footage. It's three times the size. See, you oh, just man. did a math thing and I don't know. I don't understand. I can't, I can't understand how that works. Cause I don't math well, but. Well, uh, Fairfield, Fairfield is 31,000 square feet. Okay. Madison seminary is 93,000 square feet. Also oh, it's three times. So it's yes, three times the size. Oh, I thought you said the same square footage, but three times the size. And I was like, I don't understand. No, no, no. no. Yeah, no. I, Fairfield's 31,000 square feet. Madison is 93. Wow. I'm excited. How yeah, many floors uh, is Madison? Four. Oh, okay. Four, not including the basement, so five. Oh. Uh, the the uh, insane asylum is on the top floor. You're not supposed um, to tell me anything. I didn't know. That there was an insane You're asylum. You're going to see it. Does it say insane asylum on it? Uh, you, you see, I sent Lady Anne a picture and she'll vouch that uh, you'll know it's an insane asylum. Oh, all right. Um, yeah, yeah I, I didn't spoil anything. <laughs> okay, good. Um, one, one of the things to bear in mind about the place is um, after it shut down, the city bought it. Mm-hmm. And it was actually where the township of Madison, it's where all the residents would go to pay their tickets. Mm. And the police officers that used to work there have been in the building and have told us many stories. Ah, interesting. Mm -hmm. Lots of police officers. I mean, we're talking over 30 police officers total have all concurred about a few things i actually had a police officer on one of our tours only last an hour and him and his wife went home oh wow yep that happened quite often up there actually i cannot wait for your guys's trip i can't mm -hmm. wait to see what happens and of course as you know travis we'll have to mm -hmm. have you back on <laughs> oh lord yes i think your viewers are gonna get, i think your viewers are gonna get sick of me so we had really great reviews of your last interview. People wanted you to come back. Exactly. That's awesome. Okay. I will, uh, well, Travis and I can go live from the caravan page. Yeah, mm -hmm. do it. So I don't know, this episode will probably be out after that, but still, viewers can come back and watch it <laughs> later because the live video will just be in our archives then. Indeed. Yeah, so. there you go. Cool. Well, thank you for coming on again, and thank you so much. Yes, I appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me on. Bye, Bye. ladies.
Bye. 